I'm Louise Thomas-Mins, skin health therapist, expert, educator, product formulator, entrepreneur and mum. I have been in the business of nurturing people's skin back to health for 15 years. In this podcast, I'm going to bring you some of my 26 years of experience and I allow you to be a fly on the wall in my treatment room. Most of all, I want this podcast to boost my mission, which is to educate you in how to become your own skin health expert and help you to find the tools to do this. Can you do that for me everywhere? (laughs) Now, is it cold? And this is not what I was told. This is really unfair. (laughs) I did struggle with body dysmorphia when I was younger. No one knows this yet, so you can know. dive into this week's guests, I want to tell you about our sponsors, Panasonic Beauty. Their three-pillared approach to personal care focuses on investing in yourself, their superior quality and Japanese excellence. Their range of skincare devices enables you to benefit from nano-ionic, sonic vibration, microcurrent, hot cool and patented microfoam technology. I've been using and recommending their skincare devices for over five years now as a great way to deeply cleanse, hydrate, firm, tone and care for your skin between professional facial treatments. You can find out more about the range by heading to their Instagram profile at Panasonic Beauty UK. Carly Rowena is a personal trainer and fitness influencer, but much more than that, she is a body positive advocate who is very authentic in her approach to health and wellness. I first met Carly in a gym in the early 2000s, and what she exuded then is the same as today, kindness and positivity. I saw her make her amazing transition into becoming the highly thought of influencer, businesswoman, and now mum, and I'm dying to catch up with her about how her skin is doing these days and about life as a busy working mum. Carly, it has been far too long. How are you doing? I'm good. What an introduction. Can you do that for me everywhere? (laughs) I'll just pop up and yeah, just hello. It's me again introducing Carly. (laughs) Yes, please. It's lovely to see you. It feels like it's been far too long. So I'm really excited for today. Oh, well, thank you again. um, Because, you know, everybody's lives are busy but I know you're kind of bouncing from lots of exciting projects and of course um, are also busy being mum as well very important role but I just want to go back to those days when I used to see you in the gym in the early noughties (laughs) 
I'm really interested. I mean, obviously, fitness was of interest to you then. But is that for you? Was it about that period when you became really interested in kind of fitness and around the kind of psychology of sort of being positive about sort of body and and mind? Or had it started before that? Was I a personal trainer when we first met? Or was I just a gym goer? Oh no! You no, you were you were a very uh, yeah, a, a, always in the gym, very oh. much a gym girl. But no, you weren't weren't no, you weren't a PT back then. No. Uh, yeah, so I joined the gym because I I wanted to feel strong, and I think that was one thing that people weren't talking about in the noughties. It was going to the gym so that you could lose weight. It wasn't really going because you wanted to feel independent or strong and powerful. And I I didn't really feel very. I felt a bit weak, to be honest, and I knew I wanted to feel stronger and powerful. So I was going to the gym to kind of build that up. And that was where I found weights because I'd always been like a cardio bunny and I'd been running on the treadmills, which was lovely. But I always saw the stop button and always wanted to press stop. So for me, it was when I saw the weights and I was like, oh, this feels great. I love this. This feels really strong. I can carry my shopping on my own. I feel safer when I'm out and about on my own. So for me, it was all about feeling that independent. Oh, see, that's really interesting because for me, it was the other thing. Yeah. (laughs) It was the classic, um, had a really, really bad lifestyle in my early 20s, definitely when my skin was at its absolute worst and just went from doing loads of exercise to nothing for a few years. Cliche, getting married, I need to, to shift some weight. So for me, it was about that. But actually now that I'm in my 40s, it's flipped the other way. For me now, it's about, you know, kind of being stronger in body and mind, but also hopefully having a bit of a role model for Maggie as well. So she sees that movement is normal. It's not we go to the gym because it's just it's a normal part of our life that we like to kind of be active. So yeah, so that's that's really interesting that for you, it was very much about having that strength in in body as opposed to, yeah, the aesthetic of it all. Yeah, and I think also, obviously, while I wanted to be strong and feel empowered, we've also all got the notions of things we'd like to change about our bodies. So I know there was that. And I did struggle with body dysmorphia when I was younger, but I knew that was that was more a brain, a brain situation because I felt quite comfortable in my skin. It was just what I saw wasn't matching up. So I think that was a different one for me. Yeah. But as I've kind of grown up and now where I'm at with being Jax's mom and and now it's very much I want to feel strong and independent, but now I want to live as long as I can, feeling as great as I can because we don't really get a chance to stop, do you? And I don't want to feel like I need to stop playing with her because I'm not fit enough. Yeah. Actually, yeah, exactly what you just said about like living as long as you can and being as active as you can for her as well. Around that time as well, because I know if you don't mind me saying there was a point where Mm -hmm. you struggled with your skin and I know you came and and had a few treatments with me and and we sort of helped you out in, in a few different ways as well. But how is your skin doing now? I mean, from what I'm seeing, it's looking beautiful. But did that all sort of coincide with that period as well? Was there something that you could pinpoint that you were like, yeah, that was the trigger for then my skin kind of breaking out? Yeah, so I'm so grateful to when I came and saw you. And I used to have that treatment where you lay, I don't know what it's called, but I'd lay down and basically feel like I was on the beach. Like therapy. <laughs> It was yes, so good. Yes. And then you'd be touching my hands and I would be like, please don't go. And then I would always fall asleep. And I just remember I'd hear you come up the stairs and I'd be like, oh, I've been asleep. And I know I just go. <laughs> always have a little snort as I wake up. 
Um, Brilliant. <laughs> so my skin, I'm trying to think what triggered it. I think mainly stress that I went from being a PT to suddenly coming more into the creator influencer side. I didn't find a work-life balance. I was doing a lot. Mm. There was a lot of stress. There would be a lot of cortisol in my body. And I think my skin was really unhappy around my temples and in my neck. So it was kind of, would you say that was the hormonal areas, I think? Yeah, and very adrenaline. Yeah, very kind of adrenal gland led around that sort of the neck particularly is a a real stress, sign of a stress trigger. So yeah, interesting. And they were just like lumpy and bumpy and red and they weren't what I'd grown to know as spots. They didn't ever have a white head on them. They were just always lumps and bumps and just so sore. And I am also a perfectionist picker. I literally, if I'm also stressed, I find myself being like, oh, and I just made it 10 times worse. So yeah, my skin was making me really unhappy, which is when I came to see you. Um, we went and we did lots of amazing things with my skin. But I think eventually having a good routine and then also working on reducing my adrenaline and my cortisol levels, that combined with good skincare made of a very big difference. And and now I love my skin. It comes back though. It, it's never perfect. Like I recently when I was putting out my book and my clothing line, all underneath my neck started to go again. So I'm very aware it happens really fast. And I'm seeing it a lot more in clients as well, especially clients who do a lot of weightlifting that they're getting a lot around here. Yeah. So it's something that I now watch out for in a client too. I'm like, hey, we're doing too much here. So we need to, we need to scale it back. I love that because, I mean, you know, the skin is the largest organ of the body and we always forget that. And For me, it's a real window to look in at what's happening in, you know, systemically with somebody. So I really love the fact that you can look at your clients and go, "Mm, okay, we're burning the candle a bit too much here. You're working out really hard. You're putting stress on your body. And then ultimately, if you're working out with a a female, their hormones um, and that kind of regulation of that as well. And I definitely see that I, I treat, you know, a few people that are triathletes and you know there are times when I'm like oh I really wish that you could just take a break from this but I understand that you're training for something and that's really important to you so it's really nice that actually as a trainer you're not just looking at what's going on their body and how you know are they performing as they should but you're actually going "Mm, this is showing me that overall holistically maybe we need to make some changes here as well. Yeah, and it's such a good benchmark because I think a lot of people, 90% of people come to me, they want to feel their best, look their best, and that is kind of where they want to be. So if their body's starting to change, but their skin is going in the wrong direction, that's not, I'm not giving them what they want. So it is a real thing that we do watch for. Um, and yes, from going through it myself. And also it's something that I think we were all fed a lie as kids. I remember thinking, well, no, I'm only going to have bad skin till I'm like 18. And then my skin's going to be like it should be on the front of all the magazines and it was my skin got worse as I got older and I was like hold on this is not what I was told this is really unfair (laughs) yeah no absolutely I mean my acne didn't occur until I was at college I was like 17 and then it yeah it then plagued me well into my early 30s so yeah it's, it's definitely not fair in terms of exercise then, and for you and your skincare routine, do you do anything different now compared to back then? Yeah. So do you sort of, on the days that you're going to, you're right, I've got a really physical day today, I'm going to be doing a lot of exercise, you adapt your routine, how does it kind of change for you? So realistically with my skin routine, I mean, I'm really lucky now because 
I'm self-employed, so I no longer have to go to the gym with makeup on, which I used to do because I'd be going after work. So I can, I do my workout first thing in the morning. I can get straight in the shower after I've had my workout. I have a very wonderful routine that's going to really help my skincare, unlike before. It was like work all day, go with sweaty face, go and work out, not get to the shower till like 10 p.m. at night. It wasn't the best. Um, so now with my skin, it's making sure that I'm drinking far more water than I ever was before. Um, and also making time to breathe, making time to stretch and cool down at the end. And I often have added in a lot more meditation into a lot of my workouts as well, just to calm myself down because I am quite high. High performing anxiety, I think is what I get described as a lot, which works really well for work, but isn't so good for your skin and for actually your mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, it's so good that when you get to a point where you actually start to understand yourself a bit more, isn't it? And you go, okay, I know I'm like that. And there are elements of that that I can't change. But what I can do is adapt and give myself some really good tools to work with that. So now it means that you can work out, obviously, makeup free, which is always the ideal. But I do understand being an acne sufferer that sometimes that's the last thing you want to do. If you're if you're going to the gym, that's brilliant. Or you're going to a class or you're just working out with people. You don't always want to be seen without any makeup on do you use different products on the days that you work out do you have like a different routine with your skincare I am a bit of a creature of habit I must admit I tend to only I don't really use foundations I only use a CC cream anyway like a tinted moisturizer the things that have changed as I've got older is I always have a factor 50 on my face no matter what whether it's the rainiest horriblest day that's always on my face although it doesn't love me for photo shoots because then I look really shiny but I'm happy to have good skin (laughs) (laughs) then I'm using um I was uh, what was it that I'm using at the moment some Swiss line products from when I had an amazing facial their products have just been amazing on my skin and what is the other and I've been using Arborium have you come across Arborium as the C yes yeah they have wonderful it's in like space NK and it's super affordable compared to a lot of them and I've been using there they have like a skin one and then a CC cream over the top which adapts to your skin and my skin seems to really love that I haven't needed to do anything else yeah so it's just it's now for you it is about it's streamlined Mm -hmm. it's you know stuff that's easy to use but yeah again being a mum as well that sort of changes a little bit I think it's really important to try and eventually find yourself again and go no do you know what I am gonna just spend five minutes for myself cleansing my face or having a nice shower as opposed to it has to all be about them and I have tried that mask you know I think you've shared a mask and I ended up purchasing it the light one for home yes yeah I have one of those I treated myself for Christmas and it sits by the sofa and I often put on a meditation, like a hypno meditation and have that on because they're normally about 10 nice. minutes. So the two of those, when I remember to do it, which is generally at least like twice, maybe three times a week, that made a big difference just to redness and um, yeah, really helped my temples that when they struggle. That's brilliant. And the great thing with, so we're talking about photodynamic therapy. So LED light therapy, there are lots of at home devices, which are always going to be, you know, slightly lower energy output than we could use in a professional setting. Yet the one you're talking about in particular is it it is my go to if you're going to purchase one, it's the one to go to. Um, But it has an accumulative effect. So the more you use it, the better the results are going to be. So if you're managing to do that two or three times a week, that's amazing because it's about the kind of the mitochondria within the skin cells it's almost like you're recharging your skin cells you're re-energizing the cells and then that's going to lead to that rejuvenation 
And it feels like that little beach holiday that you used to give me. It feels like it. When I shut my eyes, I've got the light and I'm like, yeah, I could be on that beach holiday. I'm just missing your techniques. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can visualize it. Yeah. It's all there. Oh, I love asking this question. I've asked this to all of the guests so far. I am fascinated by people's kind of skincare or wellness rituals when they were growing up. Oh. So for me, it was watching my mum put her moisturiser on without fail. And she would always have a certain brand of product that she wouldn't always have. It was, I think it was a bit expensive. So it was a bit of a birthday treat. We'd buy it for her for her birthday. But she would always take her makeup off. She would always put her moisturiser on. I'm interested to know when you were growing up, was there anything that you were like, oh, yeah, I remember that person doing that or that was their little routine or there was nothing? You know, that's also interesting. Yeah, so I'm really interesting. My mum did nothing for her skin. So she grew up with really bad skin, um, as in she had quite a lot of um, like dermatitis and really dry skin. But um, she'd never been taught anything. So my mum just never put anything on her skin. She still, to this day, only ever put blue mascara on once. So she's never, ever done skincare at all. Um, So I remember having to learn it from the people at school. So I remember it was all about tea tree and clearacel, clearacel, <gasps> and then all yes. of the microbeads, so many microbeads. You were like scrubbing your face like morning and night with all of these. Oh, yeah, so many microbeads. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I no longer do scrubs. I have to admit, I tend to use more of like the peeling serum type things, more of like yeah, a... Yeah, like the enzymes. Yes, and... that kind of thing than any kind of scrub stuff. But yeah, that was what I remember, clearacel. And also, what's the... um pseudocrim all over my face and toothpaste <laughs> oh my yes the yeah the old triclosan from toothpaste if you've got a spot yeah. and oh well, that is fascinating so there was just not that nothing influence for you no. and it was literally your from your peers and kind of discussing in the school lose what you were all doing and yeah what you were using but yeah clearasil definitely was <gasps> yeah and neutrogena was neutrogena one as well yeah neutrogena was a big one yes. at the time too yeah yeah <laughs> but oh, no not anymore we've moved on from those and um I've tried to get my mum's using some things I think she uses like Charlotte when I get samples I'm very lucky to be sent some wonderful things she, her favorite thing is Charlotte Tilbury's million dollar moisturizer I think that makes her feel very lustrous so um yeah that's all she uses now <laughs> Oh, so yeah, yeah, you're kind of introducing Mm -hmm. her to a few bits and um, yeah, she's getting on board with that. Going back to then sort of where you're at now in terms of kind of like using your platform, Mm -hmm. if we want to put it that way, and and the message that you try and portray then. So coming from that background of having that body dysmorphia, what are your kind of values then? What's your hope that you want to kind of exude and share with people uh, when you're doing your workouts and you do a lot of retreats as well don't you yeah I do so real honesty I mean I never expected this to happen but as the years have kind of grown and as I also change because I'm definitely not the person I was when I first started online my message has always been to keep it super real and also what I wanted everyone to do was realize that if you bring these really small habits into your life your life does become easier than if you're doing it for like a short-term goal so all the my clients that come in or people that come on retreats the whole aim of it is to make people realize that these small things you can add into your life if they end up if you kind of go at them with the idea of them staying 
your whole entire life, life becomes much more simpler. So when I exercise, it's not a, I'm doing it because I want to fit in a dress. It's I'm doing it now until I can no longer do it. The way I eat is how I want to eat always, as in there's always going to be good stuff, super yummy stuff, and things that people would deem not so healthy. They're going to stay in my diet because I want to continue eating them to the moment when I can't eat anymore. And when it comes to mindset and when it comes to my skin, I wanna be putting in little practices that I can always do that are gonna make me feel good. That's kind of what I've always wanted for my audience to find their habits that make them feel good always. I guess since I've become a mum, one of my biggest things is with the body situation and, and loving the person that you are. I'm so aware that at some point, someone is going to say something to my daughter, Jax, that's gonna make her think differently about her looks or her body, or the way she behaves, um, which is why I wrote my book, My Beautiful Body, because I just, I want people to think of their body and their mind as a friend. So treat yourself how you would treat your friends, because we're so much kinder, mainly, to our friends than we are to ourselves. And I just want my audience to do the same. Yeah, such good points there. I think there is this sort of nice shift now coming away from quick fixes mm-hmm. in terms of you know you, there are always going to be those diets aren't there and there's a place for those of course for people that are perhaps they have got to lose a huge amount of weight for a medical condition but it is about just looking at the basic science of you know energy in and energy out and actually turning it into a lifestyle rather than just this is a diet that I'm going to do for six weeks and it's going to build that kind of muscle and then I'm going to drop that and just go back to normal and I guess in some respects it's the same with skincare I sometimes kind of use the example of going to a a personal trainer that you know if we're trying to fix an issue we're going to have to work your skin quite intensively albeit in a gentle way but then it doesn't just stop when perhaps we get to that goal you're always going to have to put a little bit of work in and keep that maintenance going as well so yeah that's that's lovely I love that <laughs> thank you yeah I just think putting the care back into ourselves is really important and I kind of love I, I love the new everyone's talking self-care and self-love which is wonderful I think is super important and I think what the most important thing is it that we're learning that nothing happens overnight I think is the biggest thing that the new generations are teaching which is what we were taught all the time. You could get it tomorrow. Everything changes. Everyone else is now preaching that no, everything is an investment. And that's what skincare is, is an investment. That's what going into fitness is, is an investment. All of it is, and we're worth investing in. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you mentioned your book there, mm-hmm. um, which was very exciting uh, to see that kind of come to fruition. And now we're sort of coming out the other side of the pandemic a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are you now sort of back to your retreats? Have you got sort of other stuff that you're working on that you can share with us? Other exciting stuff coming up? Yeah, the retreats are two years behind. Everybody's two years behind. So I have got <laughs> my first one in March, actually, in like seven weeks. I think, um, which was meant to be yeah, two years ago. So I am so excited just to get back and around people. We've got one happening in Greece. The pandemic has changed how people behave. I'm doing a few more two-day and one-day retreats, which wasn't something I did before, but people are feeling a little bit more shy and 
uncomfortable around larger groups for a longer period of time the conversations have all got shorter we're just not used to spending time with other people for a prolonged time so everything's kind of being scaled back smaller so that we can all grow and get used to the people yeah. yeah people have discovered that they're more introverted or that they don't have as much to talk about um and so a retreat of like five six days can be very even more intimidating than it was before but yeah, retreats are back and I'm so excited. Uh, what else have we got going on? I have an app. No one knows this yet. So you can know an app coming out in like, oh. yeah, oh. <laughs> it's going to be based on mood and movement. So it'll be very much like you input your mood and then everything will be curated to help boost that mood, whether that is an unhappy, anxious mood or a high energy, happy mood. There'll be a mixture of like hypnotherapies, meditations, tapping and workouts pilates and all sorts to help people connect their mood to what they're doing just like with the skin so if someone's feeling very high it's brilliant thank you i'm really excited um yeah it's been something i've been working on for a while but it's finally coming true so i'm excited that is brilliant so i love that so on those days where you wake up and you kind of beat yourself up because you think Mm -hmm. i really should be doing some exercise today just not feeling it not got the energy feeling a bit low in mood yep. there will be something on there that you could find that will allow you to move your body mm-hmm. but yet be adapted to how you're feeling that day that yeah you'll, so you'll just go into the app and it will ask you your mood and there's about 25 different ones and then you'll choose the one that suits you and then it will come up with podcasts music um, quotes people for inspiration and then movements meditations to help you boost that mood or maintain that mood wow (laughs) well I think um that I mean we could we could talk for a very long time but I think um I would definitely love to at some point have you back to talk a bit more about that once it's um launched Carly because it sounds yeah really amazing and and obviously I appreciate that you probably can't say much more than that at the (laughs) moment but I think it would definitely be worth having just a conversation just just around that at some point that sounds amazing Oh, thank you so much for your time. It's lovely to, it's a, it's a shame that we finally got to have a catch up, albeit a little bit uh, virtually, but anyway, <laughs> okay. um, it's lovely all, all the same. And um, yeah, and as I say, be great to, to get you back on at some point to kind of dive a bit deeper into there. I'll pop kind of notes in the show notes about where people can find you, but is there a, a particular platform that if somebody wanted to just reach out ask a question or just come and do some of your workouts find out more about your retreats where would they be best uh, place to find you Carly yeah just search Carly Rowena you'll find me everywhere um but if you just type in Carly Rowena with a c uh you will find me across all social media platforms and they have my own web page where you can book in and work out with me or come to a retreat or download workout cards or there's so many things so I would love to have anyone come along and it's always nice to chat oh fantastic thank you so very much and um yeah we will have a proper face-to-face yes, please. catch up soon I hope as well <laughs> <laughs> thank you Don't go anywhere. After a few words about our sponsors, we will be back with a fly on the wall interview. This week's episode is brought to you in conjunction with the Panasonic Facial Steamer. This device has advanced nano-ionic technology to release tiny steam particles that are 18,000 times finer than regular steam. This allows the particles to penetrate skin more deeply and cleanse your complexion more effectively. Head to their Instagram profile at Panasonic Beauty UK to learn more and purchase this skincare device. 
It would make my day if you subscribe to the Skin Pod. Yeah, what did you see and perceive to be the the problem at that time? Yeah, so in 2019 and 2020, my skin was what I would consider quite bad. Um, I was covered in lots of little red spots all over my face. Every morning it would be a case of looking for that new spot that had come up. Um, And I'd never suffered with breakouts before prior to this and I was now in my 20s and didn't have this issue when I was in my teens. Um, I'd started getting a bit of scarring on the side of my forehead as well and then around August 2020 I think it was I decided to contact a GP. Something that I never tend to do because I don't want to be seen as wasting their time but I reached out via email and they prescribed me with something called Epiduo. Yeah. There was no directions of how to use it, um, wasn't sure how long to use it for, wasn't sure what it was actually doing to my skin, but it started to work. Uh, it started to clear up my skin and then one day I got a big spot on my cheek that just wouldn't disappear and for months and months and months it wasn't going down um, and I just kind of wanted to get off Epiduo, kind of understand my skin a bit more, see if I could do something with this scar as it was starting to affect my confidence and then I think it was June 2021, I booked an appointment with yourself and we went from there, really. Yeah, I, I just I think it's really interesting, Alice, what you just to pick up on what you said there about when you went to the GP and that actually you didn't want to go that route because you felt like you were wasting their time, which I just breaks my heart listening <laughs> to that because... Nobody has that sort of ability to tell you how good or how bad your skin is in as much as it doesn't matter if there was only one or two outbreaks. If for you it was having an impact on your well-being and and that psychological side of things, then that that's, you know, that is something that needs to be dealt with. So, yeah, I do. I do feel that it's, you know, as much as obviously there's a huge strain on GPs, it's it's a real shame that people feel that they can't go to their GPs and chat about things like skin health because they feel it's not you know it's not bad enough or it's not valid enough and yeah when you sort of came to see me it was we were sort of going through that exactly what you said it was about sort of educating you as to what was going on and we sort of dove quite deeply into quite a few areas in terms of gut health as much as what you were using topically as well um, and weaned you off, really, didn't we, of the <laughs> the prescribed product that you were using? How do you feel about your skin now? Because you've sort of come in and you've had a couple of treatments with Mary, so I perhaps haven't seen you for a little while. Where are you at in terms of active outbreaks at the moment? Have things kind of stabilised still? I think things have stabilised to a degree. I've still got. Um, so I've got a bit of a spot on my forehead and a couple on my chin and they've just they just stay there. They haven't gone yet um, and they're, they're lingering as such. In terms of outbreaks, touchwood, I've been okay. Things are stable and steady. If my <laughs> The way that I look at it is if I was to go to the gym, would I wear makeup or would I not wear makeup? And I would probably put a little bit of concealer on my forehead and chin and other than that, I would I would fully go without well, that's so I think brilliant. that's progress. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's huge, isn't it? And I think it's a bit like um, it's a bit like when you've lost weight and you have that pair of jeans that you just put on to um to say, oh, you know, do I feel do I feel good about my body shape? These jeans will tell yep. me. So your your kind of measurement is going into the gym, obviously into a very public space and feeling really comfortable 
literally in your own skin to not have to put makeup on, which is huge. Yeah. One of the things I found really interesting with you when you were sort of coming in for your regular treatments and we sort of, you always get that initial kind of real win with the skin and, and you know, perhaps have that really good sort of feel good factor of, oh, wow, yeah, things are starting to work. And then, you know, it's natural that sometimes you can sort of get a bit of a plateau or you might get a few outbreaks that come through. But I think with you, and correct me if I'm wrong, it it took a while for you to be able to come in and say, I've had this outbreak, but overall, I feel like we're moving forward. It was, we're so programmed to go into that negative talk, aren't we, straight away? And I remember you used to come in and go, I've got this outbreak here and I can see this more. And actually, you know, understandably, you forget how far you've come almost. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think I have to remind myself of how far I've actually come with the whole process. And also, as you say, trust the process. Um, But one thing you miss when I had a treatment with Mary, I think it was just after Christmas, I said, look at this outbreak on my chin. This is the biggest spot known to man on my chin. (laughs) Um, And Mary was like, "Well, well, what have you done to it? I was like, nothing. I've done everything as I normally would. My partner said to me, why don't you squeeze it? It's massive. And I said, no, that's that's the wrong idea. I'm going to treat it like I would any other spot. And eventually it's going to go away. Brilliant. That's, well, that's, <laughs> Which is hard in itself. Yeah, I mean, that's but that's powerful, isn't it? And it really, I think I may have said to you again at the start, whenever we're dealing with any skin issues, it's really important, as hard as it is, it's the hardest part is to get people on board with changing their outlook on their skin and trying to focus on the good aspects of what's going on and not give energy to that spot on your chin Um, and I totally get it because you know being an acne sufferer I used to do the same all the time and I'd say to my husband oh my goodness look at this is broken out of my cheek again and and he'd just look at me and go, are you nuts? Like, can you not remember yeah. how bad your skin used to be? But you yeah. do forget. And, and that's really, really natural. I think sort of the integral part of the treatment for you was that we did a lot of light therapy to start with as well, didn't we? Because we really needed to get that inflammatory response under control before we then very gently started to dip our toe into um sort of higher level peeling treatments to try and tackle that scarring and actually just to get the skin to wound heal a bit quicker and a bit more effectively as well so that's been your sort of most integral part of your your sort of treatment plan what's going on in terms of what you're using at the moment what's your routine morning and night uh, with your skin um so I have the cleanser for both morning and night and then I have a anti-redness serum that I use in the morning just because I have quite red cheeks yeah and then I use the gel protector for any spots just on the little areas that I have them Um, an eye and face moisturizer for both retinol in the night and obviously SPF during the day never forget your SPF yeah fantastic (laughs) and and that so sort of just going into detail a bit around that gel perfecter which is a it's a priori product is great because it's got a it's like a zip zapper basically it's got an AHA in there so there's some lactic acid in there and what's good about that is although it's targeting that cell turnover and helping to reduce the inflammatory response of the spot at the same time it's quite a hydrating AHA so the aim is not to dry the spot out because everybody always thinks oh yeah dry the spot out but actually 
if you hit it with, um, you know, lots of kind of alcohol heavy products and traditional maybe spot remedies, you're actually going to make that whole issue a lot worse. So that one's really nice because it does have the potential to speed up healing and exfoliate and let oxygen in there, which will kill the bacteria, but it's not too drying. And then, yes, the the retinol is there for, you know, that rejuvenation, for helping with that scarring, the whitening and and brightening um, effect that it has as well. So, yeah, helping with, you know, any sort of tissue damage that's been going on too. Fantastic. Have you got any kind of questions at the moment that you feel a bit stuck with your skin or or what you want to kind of achieve moving forward? I think for me... I do still want to try and reduce the scar on my cheek. I know it's gone down a lot, um, but I think that there might be scope for it to go down a little bit more. Yeah. I've got another peel booked in for February um, and a signature facial at the end of March as well. So I've got those coming up. So that will be that will be good. Yeah. And that's that's really well timed because although you can do peeling treatments across the summer, you know, people in hot countries have peeling treatments and and use AHAs um but you just have to be more mindful obviously of um of UV and I know you're really good as you said with your sunscreen um so it's nice to sort of wrap that up a little bit in the winter and then yeah if we lead them with a signature facial at that change of season so coming into spring it's a really nice time then for us to you know kind of assess what's going on and also for you to reflect on where are we at now and how much further do we want to go in terms of helping that sort of um, persistent or stubborn scar that's sitting there (laughs) the next sort of natural progression there would be probably something like the microneedling um haven't seen your skin as I say for a couple of sessions because you've been in with Mary but when we see you on those next two uh, treatments, it will also be about do we think your your lipid barrier and your protective barrier are strong enough to cope with those more advanced treatments? And I suspect the answer will be yes, because you're very vigilant with your home care as well. But yeah, the needling treatments with a bit of mesotherapy, which is where we pass really nice sterile um, serums uh, with obviously great actives into the skin. They're being driven in the skin as we're Uh, piercing holes Um, so along with that wound healing we can also drive those actives in that will target will just really help with that tightening effect and and that wound healing process um, with your scarring so yeah that might be a a route that we take once we see you from there fantastic if you are enjoying listening to the skin pod then i would be delighted if you could hit that subscribe button it also means that you'll be updated when we launch the next episode 